Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What are we smoking today, Nate? We are smoking a Rocky Patel Sun Grown. And I hope it's not like the Undercrown. Yes. It must not be because it actually has the Rocky Patel logo on it. <laughs> Prominently featured. This one tasted a little earthy when I uh, wetted the cap. Okay, and I'm about to do that now. Hmm. It's a little lighter and tangy. Yeah, I feel like the start is less acidic than the other one. Mm-hmm. We'll see how she goes. That uh, third puff you, was you never definitely know. darker. But yeah, are you? Uh, do you burn the foot before you light it up? Yep. So do I. So do I. I don't know if there's a wrong way to light a cigar. I'm sure that somebody will tell you that there is. Yeah, I'm sure we could think of several wrong ways to light a guitar. Or, yeah, light a cigar. <laughs> you know, if it's lit, it's lit, basically. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Probably don't want to use like a kerosene lamp or something to light it. But um, yeah, I mean, if it's lit, it's lit. It's lit. They were smoking cigars 200 years ago. So what yeah. were they lighting them then? You know? Yeah. That's uh, found nearby. Flint I'm guessing so. Yeah. Flint and steel. <laughs> <laughs> I've never successfully lit a fire with a flint and steel, I don't think. Yeah, it's, uh, you need really good tinder, you know? Like, if you get some dryer vent stuff, uh, dryer vent lint, that'll mm-hmm. that'll go. The flint and steel is not as difficult as, say, the stick with, uh, with the bow, you know? Oh, bow drill? See, I have yeah. started a fire with a bow drill several okay. times. Okay, yeah. So, yep. you know, there's each their own. I prefer, I mean, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I've started all sorts of different fires and got to tell you, I prefer the lighter fluid and match, you know, mm-hmm. um, you still kind of got to build it the right way, the right composition so that it lights and catches and, and burns throughout the night. But I don't know where people get all kind of like high and mighty about, well, I started it with just one match and no lighter fluid and no this or that. It's like, well, that's, I mean, cool. You can do it, but it's a weird sense of pride. I mean, it's important to know how to start them, I think. But if you're out camping or just out in your backyard and lighting a fire, who cares? It's not a big deal. Right. Like a really quick survival tip for all of our listeners. Put a Bic in your pocket. Even if it gets wet, you can blow the top off and the flint will light. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Another quick survival tip for all our listeners. uh, Don't get lost, okay? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Who goes into the woods without a fucking lighter? I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lighter or at the, like the very least some waterproof matches or something, you know, but definitely a lighter right. is the way to go. Oh. I mean, if you're, if you're oh. going out in the woods with your cigars and your cigar lighter and stuff, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I used to do river fishing and I would always uh, carry a bick and I would tape the top off with bo- with uh, packing tape and then okay. wrap the handle with a little bit of uh, duct tape. And that way, if I had to light a fire for some reason, if I broke my leg, I could light a fire, you know, and at least stay warm while they tried to find my body. Right. (laughs) So never had to use it, fortunately. That reminds me. And I don't know if we've talked about this. Maybe we have. It's kind of an in-joke with one of my other friends and me and myself that that into the wild guy that went in um, to live in Alaska Yep, yep. And then, like, his last journal entry is, like, mm, I found some delicious blueberries. And then they were poisonous, and so, like, that's what killed him. Not that he was having a, a high old time of it to begin with, but, you know, this kind of, like, the, the joke is, like, ooh, I found some delicious blueberries, you know. Like, make sure you're not eating the poisonous stuff. Like, that seems like a bare minimum, you know. Like, so many stuff out there is not right. He to be consumed by humans, you know? That, that was a real weird story because he, like, shot a moose and then he didn't have, like, a proper method to preserve any of the meat. You know, like, it's real yeah. weird. 
aspects yeah, like, of it. He was going out there to make a like an anti-capitalist point or something, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was more about the point he was making than actually trying to survive in the wilderness, right? And there's a lot more hospitable wildernesses to survive in than fucking Alaska. I'm going to tell you that right now, like Iowa. Well, he was like an <laughs> early age tech bro kind of guy, from what yeah. I remember. Yeah. And a lot of times, like I went when I came out of college, I was. Uh, a school teacher and I was ignorant of many of the things in the world. And when I went into construction, those guys knew right away that I was green as shit. (laughs) Like they would even make comments about it. Once I got my journeyman's license, like five, six years later or whatever it was, they were like, you have come a long way in your understanding of this world, you know? Uh, And I mean, I don't disagree with his sentiments necessarily, but it's kind of that naivety. Mm-hmm. that will kill you if you don't do your base research before eating delicious blueberries off of the ground. So Right. Yeah, yeah. When I was in college, I met a guy uh, who was just – he had graduated, and he was going to go to Africa and teach. Okay. And I was, like, concerned for his safety. He was like, oh, you're just blah, blah, blah. You know, you're overblowing the dangers. And then, like, yep. while he was there, they had, like, a genocide in yep. the country he was in, and they were killing white farmers. It was, like, Zimbabwe or something like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was like the farm, you know, they were ransacking farms and killing everybody. And it's like, okay, (laughs) probably not the best idea to be the white college educated person going there to teach like the kids English or whatever at this moment in time. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, I mean, we live in the Twin Cities of Minnesota here and it's interesting. I was talking to my dad about this. He was here for Christmas and how our neighborhood is really mostly nice. I mean, we've got a couple of rentals, but otherwise it's all kind of like younger families or older people, you know, people who take care of their houses, they own their houses and it's a nice area and you feel safe here and stuff. And, but you can go a couple blocks across the highway or wherever. And then you're in some of like the sketchiest parts of the twin cities. And, you know, but that's true of almost anywhere. But it's more prevalent or more apparent in big cities where you can travel a couple blocks and then you're in a different a different reality, right? A different world almost. Right. Yep. And it could go both ways. Like you could travel a couple blocks a different way. You could be in like all the homes are multi-million dollar homes, you know. So that's that happens. Uh, you know, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I mean, I spent a month in London when I was in college for a film internship and that's a big international city and I had never lived in a big city but I went there alone and rented a room from a Dutch couple and had to get myself to my internship on the tube and back and you know survive and do all that over there but there's like an awareness right you have to be aware of areas or things and generally speaking like if your gut has a bad feeling I've got a bad feeling about this then there's no harm in just listening to it, especially if you're somewhere you're not familiar with, you know. I don't know that that right. works going to, you know, like where they're doing genocide in Africa and stuff. I mean, maybe you just say, maybe I won't go there, but, right. you know, you can, there's a lot of situations you can get out of or prevent yourself from getting involved with by just refusing to get involved with them or staying oh, sure. those areas, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's where I live uh, in northern Minnesota. There's a big drug culture, like hard drug culture. But if you're not seeking that out, then you're largely not affected by it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not like they're uh, violent, organized, criminal organizations that are affecting the general public or anything. Yeah, I mean, they're so. addicts. There's, there's been stories of um, 
those people. And even my my wife's parents had some meth enthusiasts, let's let's say, since they're being yes. positive with everything. And that kind of like parked at the end of their driveway and stuff. And they had to call some law enforcement, but they were gone by then. But, you know, it's like if like some addicts come and park in your driveway, you don't have to go out there and confront them. You can call somebody to take care of them. You know what I mean? Like don't put yourself in dangerous situations if you're not prepared to deal with dangerous situations kind of thing, you know? Right, right. And, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. You've got people that are trained in these situations and you can call them and they will come and help you. Sometimes. Yep. Not necessarily and all the time, but. Be cautious. Yeah. Where I live. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the Bill Burr thing is like, yeah, just because you want to tell a cry bully to, to go fuck themselves. It's not always the best course of action because there's right. going to be repercussions from that. It feels good for a moment and then it feels really bad for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of the, uh, where I live, like the really super poor people live right next to the super rich people. And yeah. uh, it, it, it leads to like not having super ghettos, you know, where you drive around and you see these massive mansions on these lakes that are abandoned for almost the entire year. And then next to them are like the tar paper shacks of the people that are their servants, you know? Yeah. But they're not involved in anything criminal. They're just uh, trying to survive in an area where there's not a lot of economic opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. They're not yeah, just ma- criminal masterminds or something. lives in a different, like not everybody who lives in a rundown shanty is a drug addict. You know what I no. mean? There's like some weird stigma in our culture about if they're not well off then they're like an alcoholic or a drug addict, you know, and a lot of this hostile architecture, you know, and it's like, look, just because they don't have a home doesn't mean that, that they're like have an addiction problem or a substance abuse issue, you know? I mean, some of them do, of course, but it's not, it's not, wow. it's, it, like, it's not, it's not causation or whatever correlation. Sp- causation. Specifically for homeless people in inner cities, almost all of them have addiction issues because the people who don't have addiction issues, who are poor, who let's say lose their job, they leave the expensive area and move to a less expensive area and try to find a job there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just Largely, saying it's not, right? it's not always 100% of the time, mm-hmm. you know? And, and a lot of these people, we've talked about it, you know, a lot of these people would benefit from universal health care or if we had a better better system for mental health in our country, you know, which was right. interesting to me when you said that Bill Burr is a big advocate of therapy and, like, mental health, uh, at least for anger issues, Right. But, you know, there's something to be said for having somebody in your life who will point out your flaws. And sometimes it takes like a Bill Burr-esque interaction, <laughs> right? Where somebody right. says, you you got fucking anger issues or something, and it upsets you. But And that kind of goes back to our movie, our movies, you know, like if it doesn't shock you, you won't take action to correct it. And I'm not saying external viewpoints are always right, but I know that I was very angry for a long time like throughout college and when, when you and I first met and uh, I really spent time like working on that and finding nonfiction books of how to deal with anger issues, you know, and I'm not, I'm still not perfect by any stretch (laughs) and I get angry, but you know, I feel like I'm better than I was. And it took people pointing it out to me like, well, you're angry all the time. And you, and, and my big thing was my humor was kind of more, bringing people down humor and less like, I don't want to say my humor is uplifting because I'm very dry and sarcastic, but I don't, I try not to make fun of people like directly, you know what I mean? Yep. Any, anymore. And I want it to be kind of like humor that all can enjoy, even though it is sarcastic, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like asshole-ish. I hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I'm not trying to ramble and, and take take away from our topic of our season two finale. Yes. I almost can't believe we're here at the season two finale. It's been a ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started yeah, on March 1st, so it's been most yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we're going to take a couple months off probably again. And then we'll be back, I don't know, maybe February, maybe March. I don't know. It's kind of up to us. Up to us and the weather. Yeah, the weather's well, the weather doesn't matter anymore. Well, yeah, beautiful weather is awesome. Yeah, it's a lot harder to to buckle down and sit in front of a computer with a cigar and, and booze as opposed to cigar and booze and out in out in the world. So, right, uh, I'm about an inch in, and I like this cigar. I like this one too. This one's this one's far better than the other one. The other one was good, but I do like this sun grown better than that vintage Cameroon. I like the vintage Cameroon, but it was lighter. Uh, that's not a bad thing. That's no, not a bad, it's not thing, a at bad all. thing. It did have that kind of acidity start, which is fine. We've had plenty that have turned out to be phenomenal cigars, but I, yeah, I really yeah. like this one. It's a lot earthier. Mm-hmm. Earthier, a little bit uh, darker. Uh, not dark, yep. dark, but. No, it's not overly dark, but it's uh, it's a good mix. It's a good, earthy, dark without being too dark. It's uh, smooth, but it does have a little bit of a bite. It's yep. nice. I. Have been impressed with all the Rocky Patar, uh, Rocky Patar, Rocky Patel cigars that we've smoked. <laughs> That's that idiocracy speak. Uh, yeah, my exactly. ex-wife was a Rocky Patard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's pilot now. <laughs> yeah, I cannot sing the praises of idiocracy enough. Uh, not that it's going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, because like I say, my Sarah made like I she watched it once, and then I I had to watch it in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Which we are fortunate enough to have a basement with a TV and all that. So yeah, yeah, uh, I'm pretty fortunate in my life because I know Mike for one. But, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a I got my my bachelor's in film, and so I've seen some very interesting films. Uh, Lama Geddon, Mike was there uh, for yep. that, and that was awesome. But I've been really lucky because my Sarah pretty much never says no to watching any kind of the weird movies that I want to watch, whether it's some foreign thing or, you know, subtitles or idiocracy. (laughs) My Sarah will say yes the first time, right? The first time. But if it's like a TV show, (laughs) you know, she'll watch a couple episodes and if she doesn't get into it, then it's like, no, she wants to watch Charmed and Bewitched and uh, Gilmore Girls and things like that. And I want to watch... I, I tend to go for more serious stuff than that, even though we are going to watch Winona Earp, which is not serious at all. But yeah, it's fun. Well, we kind of do. Uh, we like to do TV series. So like we did, uh, we did Friends and then we did because yeah, neither of us had ever really watched Seinfeld. And it's this big cultural show, right? You know, for a certain age group, of course. So right. we watched through all of Seinfeld and it was great. And uh, we watched Boardwalk Empire because Sarah's brother really liked that that show, and it was good till the last season because they got they knew they were getting canceled, so they had to do some time jumps. Uh, but we're watching through The Sopranos right now, okay? And it's really good. I really like it. But for the next show, because it's such a serious show, like you know, like it's it's mob mafia stuff. So there's a lot of not a lot of I would say, but like there's you know killing and and heavy kind of like political maneuvering and stuff like that. So. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that after this that we'll watch through Scrubs because I remember watching episodes of Scrubs in college, but I never really watched it religiously. But I I remember enjoying it, and that's another show that's kind of generally seen as a good show, I guess. Yeah. But that's a little more comedic than it is like heavy serious. So 
It's it's kind of right. like with my reading style. Like I like to read fiction and I like to read nonfiction. But if I read too many nonfiction books in a row, I'm kind of like I need something fiction to like cleanse the palate or you know like get some enjoyment. Not that I don't enjoy the nonfiction. I mean, you probably know Mike, right? Well, I I like to read a lot of nonfiction, but I have to yeah, spread in the fiction because uh, you know you can only take so many historical novel or historical accounts. And uh, politics books and uh, yeah. science books before you start to get real dark. You know, it's like yeah, hopelessness. Yeah. Like you, you start to look into the void and uh, yeah, yeah and, and all that Nietzschean philosophy. You know, like I can only <laughs> handle so much. I can only handle so much darkness, right? It's but like, I, uh, and I know I mentioned this on the show. I went on a huge deep dive into the Lewis and Clark expedition, and I was reading like all these top books from about the Lewis and Clark expedition. And then I was kind of like, you know what? I need to read something else, you know, like I, I, that's one of my favorite historical periods. We talked about that on one of the episodes. Uh, I love that whole era and the whole expedition and everything. But even with something that I enjoy, I was like, man, I need to change it up a little bit. I need to have something a little different. So I went back to, I think I did Dune after that. I did the Dune stuff. And then I was like, if I don't hear another, another word about spice for a few books, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could like it's and they're great books. So they're great series and the great great everything, but you know, you can get kind of like too into it and it's like, man, I need something a little bit different now. So Yeah, you can delve too deep, right? It's yeah. like uh like Icarus flying too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah. That's uh girl bossing too close to the sun, Nate now. That's the new oh, that's shit. the new lingo. <laughs> With the wax tampons or what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that, you did, for the record. <laughs> and I'll fucking own it because it's our season two finale. What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're uh yammering as you uh, can obviously hear, but we're gonna do a recap of the cigars that we smoked. A year in review. A year in review. And I'm looking at our list here. Yeah. We started off with three Five Vegas cigars, Yep. which uh, was so far in the past. And I, I seem to remember <laughs> that. I don't remember any of these. The Five Vegas Classic and the a Series A were pretty similar and they were so-so. They weren't offensive, but they were, you know, they weren't great. Yeah. Uh, do we, do we the, want to do, do you want to go through, I mean, if you want to go through all of them that we smoked in order, we can do that. That's what I was planning on doing. Oh, okay. I thought what, it'd be what's fun. your plan? What's your plan? Ah, I didn't really have a plan. No, well, there we go. Okay. Well, I, I guess <laughs> I thought like initially, if we, if you and I said what was like the favorite cigar of this year, and then your top three episodes, like topic wise, cigars uh, aside, and then we can go through kind of the cigars as we smoke them. Oh, sure. It's you fine know, with like, me. Let's like, like let, let's hit the stuff that we liked. Off off the bat, and then we'll go through the cigars as we smoked them, and uh, and go from there. Or we could go through all the cigars and and just do that too. Like that's fine. That's up to you. It's going to be easier for me to keep track if we go in order. But yeah, we can well, do I just thought like because uh, I was thinking about this because we knew we were going to do like a recap episode. Yes. So I wanted to think about my three favorite episodes, and I think my three favorite episodes were uh, our episode about the Barbie movie with the voice of the matriarchy. Yep, I thought uh, that was a good gimmick. We, yeah, because we tried something different and it was fun. Uh, I of course like the Ahsoka episode with our guest Simha. Yes. And then my other favorite episode actually was when we did the, we'd smoke two different cigars, the tequila cigars, the Undercrown Shade and the uh, the other atrocity. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, or the the Blood Red Moon, right? Yeah, the Blood, Blood Red, Red Moon. Moon. Yep. And I like that because we smoked different cigars, but we had previously smoked them straight with no tequila. Uh, so yes. those are my three favorite episodes, I guess, let's say. Okay, that's interesting. I would say that the Simha episodes are great, especially the Ahsoka where he uh, joined us in the dark side. And, uh, <laughs> yes, use your hate. <laughs> I also enjoyed the Barbie episode. And uh, yeah, I like the Amish episode. I really enjoyed doing oh, that. Oh, I like that one too. That was very yeah. informative. And I also like the Manson episode. Uh, wasn't the Manson last year? I don't think so. Oh, maybe it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. know. It's hard you have to, to let us know, dear listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and remember, remember, if you do let us know, we can send you a stamp, a special stamp, for $5. And if you put your zip code in brackets. Yes, uh, with your name in all capital letters. Yes. And then we'll know it's a states' right issue and not a racist yes. issue. The states' rights episode I thought was pretty entertaining, too. Is Your reaction to uh, yeah. uh, the lady, the judge, whatever her name was. Yes. Yeah, the Sovereign Citizen episode. Yeah, the Sovereign Citizen episode. Yeah. I thought you were you were hilarious. You just turned, <laughs> like, halfway through, you were like, I hate these people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, might have been uh, assisted uh, chemically, but... Uh, yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but she's an IRS plant. I'm like, that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. I did the research for it, and I'm like, I didn't even consider that. But it makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's keep going through the cigars. I thought of one that was a standout surprise hit of the season, I think. Okay. I think you know I know. I speak? Is it the Hoya Black? Yes. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised with the Hoya Black. Yes. I feel like that was kind of like the surprise sleeper hit of the season. Yeah. I, well, I went in with no uh, expectations. Yeah. So it uh, definitely showed up. I think that the Undercrown Shade... I think that's the one that you really didn't like. <laughs> that was a bit major disappointment. I was like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we did the uh, episode one was the Five Vegas Classic, and then we did the Series yes. A and then the Cask Strength. Yes, and of those three, the Cask Strength was easily the best. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's on par with like a CAO or a Rocky yeah. Patel yeah. Yeah. or a Logora Cubana, but it was of that run it was the best then we had the christoph connecticut which i think we both liked yep i think we both liked that one and then we did the cao countries for a bit yep and i liked all of those none of them were they're good yeah, enough for me to want to smoke we're, the rest we're of them. bad i think we had a favorite but i don't remember which one it was now no but they're all really good they're close yeah they're all really good yep uh, the Macronudo Inspirado Black was good. Yeah. Both the Inspirado Red and Black are very good cigars. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, then we had the CAO Black, which was good. Yeah. Not uh, super great, but good. Very good. Yeah. And then we had the Muat, which I think we liked a lot. It reminded me of Possibly, a Shrew. Yeah. It was the one that was like a Shrew, uh, but okay, a bigger yeah. cigar. Yeah. So uh, then we had the Romeo Julieta 1875, which I don't remember. I don't remember it either, but I feel like I remember. I, I feel, mean, well, yeah. Romeo Julieta is generally good. You know, I mean, kind of like most of the CAO stuff is going to be good. Rocky Fidel stuff is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think like the Gurkhas, and that's the next two we did, the Beauty and the Beast. The Gurkhas were are disappointing, drastically hit or miss. And I think we we didn't like the Beauty, but we liked the Beast. I believe we didn't like the Beauty, and we thought the Beast was better, but it wasn't great because the Centurion. I believe is the one that we thought was the best. Oh yeah, sure. 
Yeah, because we smoked the Titan, we smoked the Crest, we smoked the Centurion, the Vintage 2000, the Beauty and the Beast. And the Centurion was the one that was a torpedo. And I remember that one being yeah. clearly the best. Yeah. Then we smoked that LFD Double Ligero, which was great. Yep, and that was with the Simha. Simha. Yep. yep. The MX2 by CAO. Yep, and I, yeah, that's that one, one of my yep. one of my early cigars that I thought was one of my favorites at the time, you know, okay. when I first started smoking cigars. Yes. It's a staple, you know, it's hard to go wrong. Then we had the Ligoria Cubana Spanish Press, the Series N, and the Classic Maduro, all of which were great. I think the Spanish Press was the best out of those for me. Yeah, I like the uh, the Serie N. That's a good one. Well, it's got a good shelf appeal, like the Serie Oh, N, yeah. Uh, but the Serie R... I think, for La Gloria Cabana. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong. We smoked that first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know. But yeah, I think La Gloria Cubana is very difficult to go wrong with. I don't think i smoked a bad yeah. cigar from them. I have not. Uh, I have not. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then we had the Undercrown Maduro and Shade, <laughs> which the Shade was notoriously <laughs> horrific. Yes. Uh, to the point where we compared it to the... The Cult Blood Red Moon. The Cult Blood Red Moon cigar, which is... Yeah. Probably the worst cigar I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> and you smoked backwoods. And yeah, Swishers. I've smoked backwoods and Swisher Sweets. And I would I would smoke a Swisher over that cult blood red moon cigar. And the pipe tobacco is one of my favorites. Oh man, the pipe tobacco is so good. So it's it's such yeah. a, a shock because you know, cult blood red moon pipe tobacco is fantastic. Yeah, it flies off the shelf. Yeah, and it's it's the right amount of uh, restraint and flavor and everything, and the cigar is the worst possible anything ever. Yeah, it's, uh, not not anything ever, but in the terms of smoking things, like it's not it is vile, uh, yeah. absolutely vile. Yeah, don't never yeah. buy a cult yeah. Blender no, Moon cigar. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But the Maduro I thought was good. We were a little snake bit by the shade, so. Yeah, I don't the know. Maduro, I think was like fine-ish. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I, it's hard to be uh, objective about it because we didn't like yeah. the shade. Yeah, well, and it was so weird because like the shade, Undercount Shade had like a 91 rating. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? How? How could that possibly be? Well, it just goes to show you that, you know, I'm not saying that they paid for that review. But yeah, tastes I mean, are different. Know. Tastes yeah. are different. I know with the New York Times bestseller list for books, that's easily manipulated by uh, the bookstores will order cases and cases and cases of this book. If they're so inclined, uh, they'll never ship. They'll never show up to the store and nobody will ever buy them. But because they were ordered, it's a number one New York Times bestseller. So you can manipulate these different lists and statistics and things. So. Right. I'm not saying that's what they did. I'm just saying that it's it's documented in other industries where it can be. Yes. And then we had the H. Upman cigars, which uh, were both good, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, we also did like the Banker. Yep. That was the Banker. It was an H. Upman. Did, yep. did we like the Banker better than the Reserve or the Cameroon? I think that we liked the Banker the best out of yeah, the cigars that we had. Yeah, the best, yeah. But, we did uh, a couple of Oliva's First Harvest 2009 and 2011. Yep. And they were I both good. Remember. Yeah, they're both good. I don't remember which one we liked better. We'd have to go back and listen. No, I don't remember. Uh, it's hard to go wrong. O o Oliva is another one where it's like, you, they're going to be good, right? Like a yeah, nub is going to be good. good. Yeah. Yeah. The KNF, I like the KNFs. Yep. Those are good. Those are good. Then we have the CEO Consiglieri, which yep. we enjoyed. 
Yes, and I want to talk about this one a little bit because I didn't realize it at the time because this was right before we started watching The Sopranos, which we talked about at the top of the, uh, the episode here. Yes. But CAO, uh, so uh, Tony Soprano, the main character of The Sopranos, played by James Gandolfini, he smokes a bunch of cigars throughout the throughout the series. And he and the writers agreed that that character, fictional character, really enjoys CAO. And so they put out, CAO put out a special cigar for the Sopranos with, I don't know, it was like CAO Sopranos or something like that. Like it was something from the show, but then they didn't have the rights to actually call it like Sopranos. So they rebranded it as the CAO Consigliere. So the CAO Consigliere is their cigar they made specifically in response to the production people behind Sopranos saying that CAO is one of his favorite cigars. Interesting. Yeah. I did know that. I'm not sure. You probably told me. I'm guessing that you told me. It's off possible. the show. We do talk. Yeah. We do talk. We do talk you know, <laughs> outside of the show. Uh, by the way, uh, the Hoya Black is now on my screen here. And yes. that was our secret sauce for the year. And yeah. I usually do not save cigar labels. I throw the label and the cellophane yeah. right in the right in the ashtray and as I smoke uh, at home. But I kept the Hoya Black label. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's on my desk because I'm like, I need to order more of these. <laughs> Yeah, did you ever look into them? Do they, they have a bunch of different cigars? Oh, okay. They do. Yeah, they have different colors and they yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that'll be uh season 3. Something some, like that. Some more Hoyas. Something like that. I don't know if we have any for season 3 because I bought all the cigars for season 3. Oh, okay. I think. I want we're to lo- get more Hoyas. We're locked and loaded for season 3. So we are. 4 we have... might be some more Hoyas. Yes. Well, we'll we could we'll bump see. it up to season 3. You never yeah. know, right? You never know. <laughs> We can't tell you everything because this mm-hmm. is the season two finale. We're doing a look back. We're not necessarily looking forward. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then we have the Herrera Esteli by Drew Estate. I don't remember that. I don't uh, really cigar. either. Um, I I'm guessing like most, it was good. Yeah, it was probably fine. I feel like most of these where it's like the whatever, whatever, buy Rocky Patel or buy Drew Estate or buy whatever, they're a little more hit or miss. Yeah. You know, like if it was a, like if it was a full on like Drew Estate, whatever, then it's going to be in that in that tier of you're not really going to go wrong it might not be to your exact flavor preferences and stuff but it's not going to be a bad stick yep and really like the under the the undercrowns they were by drew estate too i think weren't they yes they were yeah so yes they were we had to find that out because we uh, i know we're like yeah because there was nothing on the label that said drew estate yep so i feel and that's what kind of led me to my current thinking of if it's the actual company name on the label, it's probably good. Except maybe except for Gurkhas, right? Because those are kind of hit or miss. Those are hit and miss, yeah. But everything else, like an Oliva, Rocky Patel, CAO, with some of the flavors as the exception. <laughs> right. You know, then they're probably bound to be pretty good. Yeah, you're, uh, it might not fit your flavor profile, but it's going to be a high-quality cigar all the same, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and then we had uh, the uh, Rocky Patel Vintage 1990 Robusto, which was the uh, Ahsoka episode. Yep. And uh, I like the Rocky Patel Vintage series, so yes, those are always uh, solid. You can't go wrong. Yep. And then we have a, a couple of Olivas. Uh, they all are Oliva branded, and they were all good. Serio was yeah. good. The Master yeah. Blend was great. Yeah, the Master Blends is really good. The Master Blends 3 is what we had. Yep. Uh, and then we got some Rocky Patels, which I thought the Rare Corojo was great. The Super Ligero was great. Well, the, I thought the Rare Corojo was a punch. 
Oh, it is a punch. You're right. Gosh, dang yeah. it. See, I'm looking right at it. <laughs> but that punch was good, too. Punch is another one where most of them are pretty good. They're not necessarily. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've ever had a bad punch cigar. So, yeah, I don't know that they're I don't know that that uh, brand is in the same like echelon as like Rocky Patel or Oliva. But I don't think I've had a bad punch. You know what I mean? I've never had a bad punch. They're in pretty much every yeah. cigar shop in the country. Yeah. So. You're not yeah, going to we go were wrong. Talking, we were talking about this too, Mike, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be uh, leading on our listeners, but we were talking about doing some acids, some acid cigars. Because mm-hmm. right? I haven't, sure. I haven't smoked. I used to smoke those uh, right out of, uh, right out of college. I smoked some acids, like the acid yes. blonde and stuff, and I remember liking them. But you know, now I've smoked so many more cigars, so it'd be interesting to go back and revisit them. Because usually, I'm not, re- I'm not reaching for like an acid. No, they're ridiculously expensive for what they are, Yeah, which is a flavored cigar. And I've had a couple, and every single one, I almost feel like they're syrupy. Like the flavor is syrupy. Like it's so intense. Like their blonde is like sweet, like very sweet. Yeah. I had some blondes. Sarah, I got some for Sarah, and she didn't like them because they were too sweet, which is insane, right? Yeah. Well, and like why would you do that when you have the the CAO? Oh, yeah. Right, the Moon Trance is like, That's in like my the perfect opinion, flavored cigar. Yeah, it's like the gold standard uh, for flavored cigar. So obviously, if you're going to compare it to that, which you should, <laughs> yes, right, you yeah, should. If you, haven't, if you haven't smoked a Moon Trance, like that's your New Year's resolution. <laughs> you, even if you don't like, and so I don't know. We, well, Mike, we started this podcast, and we never, I never really thought I would enjoy a flavored cigar mm-hmm. because to me, it's kind of like going to a Starbucks or something and ordering one of those, uh, you know, like caramel latte blended, whatever the fucks, right? Oh, yeah. Milkshake? Yeah. <laughs> Milkshake with some caffeine added. You know, but that's not what the Moon Trance is, really. So it was really like an eye-opener for me to know that there are flavored cigars out there that aren't overly sugary or overly overly fake tasting you know what i mean and i think that's the big thing is it can't be overpowering and it can't be overly fake like artificial tasting yep and i would suggest with the cao moon trance because we've smoked more than one size i would suggest yeah. the robusto size yeah, not do the, the larger torpedo no. yep yeah yeah the torpedo is fine like it's not it a bad cigar fine but it wasn't as good as the robusto no the robusto is like that perfect it's just the perfect size for that cigar for whatever reason. Yeah. Of the yeah. and I've, I've tried the little uh, cigarillos, the Camus Trans oh, okay. cigarillo. Yep. Got too hot. It burned all the flavor off. I didn't think yeah. it was very good. But that's a personal opinion. Not shared by all, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on your smoke style. Some people like the cigarillos, and if you're used to smoking that, then you're, it's probably just fine. Right. Yeah. And uh, then we finished her off with the Oliva Series G and the Oliva Series G Maduro, Cameroon, and. Uh, Yep. I, I liked both of them. I thought they were great. Yeah, they were good. That's I like the one of those things. They're good. I do, yeah. I, I think we have some KNFs in the box for next year, and I really okay. like the KNF nub, so I'm okay. excited for yep. that. Oh, yeah, I like the KNF nub as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like dark, very dark. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. Not something I'm going to smoke all day, every day, by any means, but. <laughs> no. Well, that's the interesting thing, too. You know, I mean, we've smoked, uh, I think this one is, yeah, this is our 43rd episode. For season two, so season two, episode forty-three, we're gonna hit, and we have to do something fancy. We've got some fancy cigars we've been saving up. We gotta yep. do something fancy for our one hundredth episode, Mike. Okay. 
We could definitely do that. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing with cigars, right? Is we talk all the time about smoking them and if we like them or don't like them. But we also try and talk about, you know, is this a lawn mowing cigar or is Mm -hmm. this a treat yourself cigar or is this a, you know, I mean, there's different circumstances just with the same with uh, like whiskeys or bourbons or whatever, what have you. You know, if you're just trying to get a buzz on, you're going to pick a different liquor than if you're trying to like savor and enjoy the complexities and flavors and stuff. And if you're mowing the lawn, you're going to pick something different than if you're sitting around a fire conversing with friends. So, right. This time of year, Sarah likes to drink apple cider with uh, bourbon in it, which is a variation of the stone fence, right? Yep. And we had bourbon at the house, but none of it was something that I was willing to put in. Uh, a stone fence, right? Like I'm not putting single cask or cask strength (laughs) bourbon or uh, like, uh, what the hell do I have? Basil Hayden toast or, you know, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I'm not like, yeah, we'll just get like four roses and put it in there. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is you pick different, you know, you pick different uh, liquors for mixing versus drinking straight. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've done an okay job. I hope listeners, right? Back me up of telling people if we would if this is a what would you say mike would you say like casual cigar or pontificating cigar or i don't know what the different categories might even be well yeah a lot of it's like yard cigar is this a yard cigar you know is this a cigar that you want to have like you want to sit down and actually smoke it and do nothing else you know like the gurkhas are a great example of in my opinion largely yard cigars where if you're out and it's like 4th of July and you're in the sun and maybe you're drinking a light beer and it's like rah-rah America, then yeah, a Gurkha Beast is a great option. Yeah. It's not offensive. It's uh, You can largely forget about it and you still have a nice cigar. Yes. But it's not something I'm going to sit at home and like read a book and drink, uh, sip on a you know little glass of whiskey and yeah. like savor the cigar and have the experience, you know? Yeah, and I think... What I've liked is the kind of the criteria that we have unofficially. I don't know that we ever talked about this, Mike, is the difference between a yard cigar and a non-yard cigar, at least unofficially from what I've gathered from our conversations, is a yard cigar you don't mind putting out and not coming back to. Right. And the other cigars are something you want to smoke completely or, you know, until your fingers burn, kind of. Right. Or very, very near to that point. So... And I think that's a good, uh, kind of a good judge. Like, if I put this out and don't relight it, I don't feel bad. I don't feel guilty about not relighting it. Whereas some of the cigars we've smoked, it's like, nope, I got to smoke this whole thing. Like everything else is going to have to wait until I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm I'm, going to be mildly upset if I stop. (laughs) Yes. So, and we have a price limit for our cigars. I try to get them for under five bucks. I think we talked about that. Yep. To the people out there, uh, that's the goal, the online price. Well, we're, we're trying to smoke like the every every day or within the range of the, let's say, fully employed person who wants to smoke cigars. Right. Yeah, we're talking. Not, not, the, not the hedge fund manager or the tech bro guy. Who, yeah, we're. You know. I focus on cigars that if you go to a cigar shop, it's less than 15 bucks. Because if you spend 15 bucks on a cigar, it's most likely going to be good. Yeah. You know, if you spend 7 to 10, now you're... You're getting into territory where you could get a bad cigar for sure, you know? Yes. Depending on what it is. And you can, well, largely we found that you can stick with certain brands and you're going to get 
good results, I guess. But I don't like the concept of brand loyalty either. So yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily brand loyalty because I th- I feel like in the cigar realm, it's rewarding good product right. more so than like it's not being a Disney fan person, right? Like anything Disney does is great. With the cigars, when we say if you're gonna smoke an Oliva or a Cao, that's not the flavors. It's generally going to be a good stick. Doesn't mean it's going to hit your flavor preferences or your profile preferences or whatever, but it's going to be consistent or it's going to be complex or it's going to be whatever. You're going to enjoy it on some level. Even if you say, you know what, this cigar is not for me, but I can tell it was a well made, well crafted cigar. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and when we say Gurkhas, and we've talked multiple times, almost every time we smoke a Gurkha, and, and oftentimes when we don't smoke Gurkhas, we say Gurkhas are pretty hit or miss. Yeah, they're not consistent. Like, they're not consistent across the brand. But if you get a Gurkha Beast, and you like the Gurkha Beast, then all Gurkha Beasts will be good for you. But you're not then going to also like the beauty. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Whereas if you get the, what, the Siri, the Siri R, Oliva, right? No, that's versus, a La Gloria Cubana. Oh, La Gloria Cubana, Serie R versus the Serie N. Like, you're going to like both of them, and you might like one more than the other, but they're going to be good. They're both good. Right. Yeah. I like the Series R better than the N, and I like the yeah. Spanish Press better than the N, but the N is a good cigar. Well, yeah. They're, I would they're never say it's good not. cigars, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that that's like, uh, to use the modern lingo, Mike, because we're both old now that we're older than 88, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know that that's simping for La Gloria Cubano. They just make a good cigar. They do. And so does... you're gonna find you're gonna find one that you like better than the other. And whichever one that is, that's great. Yep. It's like Rocky they Patel make, they make good the Edge. I like Rocky Patel the Edge cigars. Yeah, even the I, Fuma I Edge. The f- oh, great. the Fumas. I mean, if you're gonna build yeah. if you have a box at home and you want yard cigars and you can get a good price on the Fumas, that's the way to go. Potentially, you know, potentially it's one way to go at least. Well, yeah, you're not going to make a mistake by getting if you like the Rocky Patel edge Maduro, you can get the box of Fumas and you're going to be perfectly happy with that, you know, Oh, undoubtedly, especially at home, you know, where you're out in the shop or something like it's perfect. Yeah. And even to share with friends that are interested in cigars, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know many. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Mike, you're I'm starting to to get to know more people that are friendish <laughs> or friendly, I guess, uh, now that we have this kind of cigar podcast. But I don't really have a lot of friends that smoke cigars outside of you. But I don't. Yeah, think, I don't. I don't think giving somebody a, a edge Fuma would turn anybody off, even if you're into cigars, because it's still basically an edge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it just doesn't meet whatever criteria they have at the plant or the factory to get the full-on like label. But uh, The Fumas are shortcuttings, I think. Yeah. But, so. I, but like, if you don't know anything about cigars... You're not you, like you wouldn't even know, and it's almost like the wine tastings. You know, the blind wine tastings and the the box wines stereotypically do as good or better than some of the super expensive wines. Right. Yeah. The fact that it's in a box turns people off, but yeah, but it tastes just as good, if not better, than some of the other stuff. So you know, I I just feel like if you like cigars and you want something good, like there's nothing wrong with the Fumas. There's nothing wrong with some of these, and some some companies even call them factory rejects, you know. But there's nothing wrong with them. It's the same stuff. It's the same, you know. It's almost imperceptible. 
unless you're like a, have a highly attuned palate. If you're the Gordon Ramsay of cigar smokers, you know what I mean? Yeah, which we most certainly are not. No, we're not. And this is the longest we've ever talked about cigars on our podcast, I think. And we have a cigar podcast. Because <laughs> usually we talk about other things. But I right, think, like, as you do that, when you smoke cigars in a public setting, right? Well, like yes. you're not talking yeah. about well, that's the whole point. luxuriousness of whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, oh, this these tobacco leaves are handpicked by blind Tibetan monks. And therefore, they taste better than other tobacco leaves picked by non-blind Tibetan monks or whatever it is, you know. But I think that's the whole point is we're not trying to gatekeep cigars. We're smoking all of these cigars, if we're being honest, primarily for our pleasure, right? And then secondarily, for people who are interested in cigars but don't want to spend $1,000 per box of cigars to get, like, the super fancy shit. Right. And like I say, if you go to the cigar shop, you spend 15 bucks, you're going to get a good cigar. But I don't necessarily want to go to the cigar shop and spend 15 bucks. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if you have a special occasion and you want to spend 15 bucks on a cigar, by all means. But there are plenty of cigars that are sub $10 that are just as good and in some cases better than the more expensive stick. Oh, yes. And as a preview for next season, <laughs> I ordered a bunch of cigars and uh, we're going to be smoking brick houses and we're going to be smoking a lot of these. I think I got a couple uh, every factory smoke. If the brand factory smokes, I got okay. every one of them. So we're going to be trying all these nice. cigars that are specifically oriented as uh, budget box filler type of cigars. Okay. And uh, we'll see if we like them or if we think they're trash. You know, it's a it, it, it is a roll of the dice. More so than what we're doing now. Yeah. Well, and we did uh, season one. I know. I remember we did the Bin Maduro, and it was, mm-hmm. and then we did that with te- tequila. But the the plain Bin Maduro was very very bland. But the tequila oh, yes. brought it to life. Yep. And, and that's uh, and we've talked about a lot of cigars that we smoked. And we're like, fuck, I'd rather smoke a tequila Bin Maduro than this one. Yep. And I think I got some Blackbirds. You guys will see. Okay. But they're all going to yeah. be. Uh, there's a theme for the season, you know. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna revamp some stuff for season three. I don't want to. I'm not gonna go into a lot of things because then it puts a lot of pressure on me. But there's well, we gonna don't be want some, that. some new things for season three. I'm very excited about season three. I mean, I've been excited about season one, season two. I've been learning with the editing of audio, <laughs> which was always one of my weakest parts of filmmaking was the audio bits, and you need the audio for film for sure. Uh, I read somewhere that people will watch shitty quality video as long as the audio is good, but they won't watch pristine quality video if the audio is bad. So it's really been fun for me to kind of hone my audio skills. And uh, if you're listening on shitty Bluetooth headphones, Keith, and not to name any names, don't don't tell me about that and the, your audio <laughs> issues because that's on the headphones. That's on the headphones. But oh my! Other than that, sorry, I had to I had to get that off my chest. You know, it's New mm-hmm. Year, New Year's Eve's coming up, New Year, New Me, New You, New Nice Ashes. Uh, but it'll largely be the same. Like we're not drastically changing like the format or anything like that. But Mike's got the cigar themes going. I've got some other things I'm working on, so it will be a fun time. Yep. Yeah. For next season, I think that every single cigar I got is less than $5, maybe less than six for some of them, other than the cigars, because we probably have 50 cigars in the bag right now that we could smoke. I don't know how many we have in the <laughs> show box right now. 
Yeah, we've got. But a we bunch probably of have twenty. Likes. Yeah, and we I got, got some fancy ones. We gotta. Yes. We're gonna have to do a lot more planning because we've got two really fantastic looking cigars oh. that were released for uh, St. Patty's Day. Yes. So we're going to try and work those in, right, Mike? Uh, yes, we are. Can. Yes, we are. They have great oh, shelf appeal. Oof. So good. So I'm going to be very disappointed if they're not excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think this Rocky Patel, uh, I'm over halfway done. Oh, me this too. This is a great uh, last cigar because it is lovely. I really like this a lot. I like this one a lot. I I knew, like, I, I remember when I said, like, oh, I like this one so much better than the last one. And you were like, well, okay. Like, it's good, but I'm staying true with my, I like this one better than the last Rocky Patel we did. I like the last Rocky Patel. I I don't know if it's true or not. We could discuss it uh, openly <laughs> amongst, uh, you know, all of our listener. Uh, this is a safe place. <laughs> this is a safe place. I think that I'm more open to different styles of cigars than you are. You like that darker, punchier cigar almost exclusively. And I do like those cigars, yeah. but I'm a lot more open to try milder cigars and enjoy them. I just well, I, I appreciate I mean, them I, for what they are, you know. I mean, I might have that, I guess, but I don't I don't think I've ever said no to a cigar you wanted to smoke. Most because I don't know most of the cigars, but no, I, I'm not saying that you would say no. It's just that yeah, you have yeah. a you have a defined plate uh, favor <laughs> or flavor profile. Palette. Yeah, palette. yes, you have a palate. I'm not cause, like. What is it like the snoods would say, oh, you have a limited palate. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have uh, defined yeah. things that you know you like yeah. way more than others. You know. Yeah, but I mean, I liked because uh, I think that Christoph Connecticut was one. I went to the the big store here that's not a sponsor uh, down by me. And I said, hey, we're kind of getting into the Connecticut's. And the guy there was like, hey, you got to do this Christoph Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was really good. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, oh, it's good. We talked about liking it a lot, you know, and I like trying the the different things, and I like trying all the different stuff, and I guess I have like preferences, of course, as all of us do, but I do like trying all the different ones, and it's fun doing. Like, I like that the CAO kind of does, you know, like the flavors, and they do the countries, and they do, you know, some other stuff. So it's fun, kind of getting to experience some of those different styles and wrappers and 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 things. So. Yep. No, I enjoy that. And I, uh, as I'm sure people have noticed, I like to get all of the wrappers in a series that we have at least a baseline to compare them against one another. You know, it's mm-hmm. all the same line of cigar. And I enjoy that. I also tend to enjoy Robusto sizes, uh, largely because you can get Robustos for a reasonable price because they're so popular. Yes. And it's been interesting to me, especially with the Moon Trance, where the Russo Moon Trance, and we've talked about it before, we don't have to oversell it or sell it, or anything. Like, it's phenomenal. But the Trapedo is not. I mean, it's good. It's still good. But it's not as good as the Robusto. So it's interesting to me when we do some of these same cigars but different sizes. Yeah. And then to be able to compare and say, well, look, actually, this size is better than that size of this same cigar. Right. It's like the edges. You know, I liked the smaller Trapedo edges more than the larger edges, like the Presidente size. Yeah. Um, the Presidentes were good, but it's overwhelming. You know, a two hour cigar is too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In most circumstances. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it is. It's just like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like, I just it's just so much, you know. Well, that's the thing is, you know, uh, two hours, you could smoke one 
Presidente, or you could smoke two Robustos. You know what I mean? So right, exactly. You could switch it up, and uh, it's just not so overpowering. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of circumstantial. Yeah, and sometimes you're into that. You know, like uh, we haven't smoked it on the show, but the uh, Excalibur, the large Excaliburs, are wonderful. Yes. I've been trying to source another one because I have one in my humidor and oh, okay. uh, I can't find them online. I'm gonna have to, I might okay. have to go to a cigar shop and find one to match. Yeah, you could also like, if you've got one, you can send it, send whatever it is to me and then I'll go look at the cigar shop here. Because then if I have one, right. I have one, we're, we're good. Uh, right. I know yeah, we didn't smoke this one on the show and I hope that we will at some point. But I remember uh, Mike and I smoked this. It was huge. It was fucking massive. It was too big for Mike's cigar cutter, the Asylum 13. And yep. it was like so good, but it was huge. And it we did smoke that on the show. I think that I was think our was show. finale last year, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Uh, I mean, I check. So. No, we had the Placencia Alma Fuerte. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I the Asylum 13. The Asylum 13 on the show. But it was a great cigar, but it was huge and long. It took a long time to smoke. <laughs> yep. But yeah, but it was you wonderful. want the two-hour-plus cigar, and sometimes you don't. Most of the yeah. time you don't, but sometimes Most you do. Most of the time do. you don't. Yeah, and I, like, on the opposite end of that, I don't like Coronas. I do not like Corona-sized cigars. Yeah. I do like Rothschilds, which are, like, an inch shorter than a Robusto, but I do prefer okay. the Robusto, just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Like I say, it's all I, – I don't know how many cigars I've smoked, but – over at time, I've just at least gravitated. Three. Yeah, at least three. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> just gravitated towards that size. Yeah, I think the Robusto is a, is a great size, all things considered. Right. And we've had Gordos. I don't mind Gordos so much, depending. Yeah, yeah. They get a little too loosey-goosey at the end, you know, Yeah. in my opinion. This is more, these last two that we smoked are more of Gordo size. Smaller diameter than a Gordo, but they're longer than a Robusto. They're not yeah. quite a Churchill. And, yes. uh, you know, it's long. I still have an inch and a half cigar left, and we've been smoking it yeah, for over too. an hour, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like, I don't want to put it down, but it's like, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's my well, shitty attention know, span. If we've talked about it, too. It's all kind of um, situational, you know, which we oh, try yeah. to bring up on the show is if you got an hour plus, the size is great. If you got less, the different size is better. So Right. And the, smoking a cigar should be about having just a little moment of relaxation and luxury and uh yeah, hopefully forgetting about your problems for just a little bit you know that's the and we all lead busy adult lives apparently we're old now according to old dads but uh <laughs> yeah, i never thought i'd be in the same like how old is bill burr he's 50 some yeah how am i now how are we now suddenly lumped in with a 50 something year old man mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna fire everybody born before 88 and now I'm yep. having to relate to a 50-year-old man? The fuck? Yep. Well, and that's part of this show, right? Like, he's trying to deal with these kids that are kids, well, adults yeah. that are younger than <laughs> us. And I have a difficult time dealing with the 24-year-olds. Yeah. And I'm not that much older than them, but yeah, I and am. They're, and their mind you are, but it, it's, it's interesting because um, in your 20s, anybody older than you is, like, ancient. Even if right. it's only by five years. But after you kind of hit 30, I think, well, I don't know, because I haven't hit 40 yet, but in your late 20s, early 30s, you're kind of like, well, anybody who's an adult older than, let's say, 25 is kind of in the same, like, realm, you know, like similar concerns and interests sometimes, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we're just trying to grind, I guess. I guess, yeah. And sometimes. (laughs) It's always interesting. Now you're old enough to be judgmental. Yeah. (laughs) 
judgmental about the decisions that you also made. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw this meme, Mike, and I'll, I'll say it here. It's our season two finale, whatever. Where somebody's saying, I identify as a, as a female and it's a man. Like, I identify as a female. Who are you to judge? Well, I identify as a judge. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of lame, but... Yeah, yeah. For information for the show here, guys, the end of my cigar is coming loose, and I think I have to stop smoking it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Mine's, mine's still good. Mine's good. I uh, cross-cut it to the crown cut, Ooh, and the okay. end is, like, loosey-goosey. She's, like, disintegrating in my mouth. I just did the one V-cut. I didn't do the cross-cut, so... That's yeah. the difference. I, I felt the gauge was warranting of one V-cut and not the cross-cut. I considered it. I considered yes. it. Yes. So I think I might actually be done, unfortunately. That makes me disappointed because yeah. it's very good. It's all good. It's all good. It's a, it's a really good stick. The sun-grown uh, I like better than the vintage, what was it, 2003? Uh, let me check. We will check real quick. It was the vintage 2003 Cameroon. Yep. So... I would recommend both, but I think the sun grows better. Yeah, sun grows better slightly. Yes. Sl- slight edge to the sun. So, hey everybody, I hope has a happy new year. Happy new and, year. Uh, and uh, this is our finale for season two, and we'll catch you in a couple months. Be safe, have fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.